in the pocket a talk show where people of color who are creatives are able to share their narrative behind the art and you are listening to in the pocket with your host flo edwards and our guest ashley page who's a mixed multimedia artist as well as a community social engagement artist please introduce yourself Uh, hello my name is ashley page i am from minneapolis minnesota and i moved to portland about four years ago to um I'm a recent graduate of Maine College of Art, where I got my degree in sculpture and public engagement. Nice. So I didn't realize they had degrees that weren't really about art. Or is public engagement about art, I guess? It's a little bit about both. Um, It's really self-guided. So... The public engagement minor was one that, you know, they were kind of like, showed you a lot of different examples of like what a social practice can be and what it can look like. um, And how do you engage the public in a very mindful um, and artful way. And so that takes a form of, you know, just conversations um, and talking to people and talking to the community. Um, and really listening and, and gaining insight on what they what they're looking for and what they would like and kind of um, you know initiating a change that is really driven driven by them um, and so a lot of the times that's just being a facilitator um, for conversation or for you know something new or something different um, that you see missing or um, other times it's like creating programs and, and events that foster community and that foster, um, you know, that sense of belonging in a space. And that's kind of where I, I took it um, and really made it my own. So, yeah. What are some of your public engagement activities? So I do a lot of uh, curated exhibitions. So when I was attending Mecca, um, I did a public engagement fellowship with the school and my, we were strangers at the time, but now we're really good friends. Um, Alejandra Quadra, she was the second uh, fellow recipient and it was kind of like, here you go, you're here, do whatever you feel like you'd want. Um, it's really self-guided and it's up to you and we kind of looked at each other and we were like, okay. (laughs) Um, So um, we had ideas and we had thoughts of what we wanted to do or what we could do because we had our own ideas um, and our own individual passions, Um, but we really wanted it to be something that was from the community. Um, And so what we ended up doing was posting posters um, in Mecca's cafeteria hallway um, and just asking like and it was completely anonymous we did it like in the middle of the night nobody even knew it was us and uh, we posted three different questions with like a pen and paper and we were like what are your social slash political interests what change do you want to see in Mecca and I think just like you know what what are what are you interested in or like what you know what drives you and within like three days the posters were like full um, and so it gave us like a really amazing insight into the student body 
and kind of what they want um, and what they're missing and what you know the school or the community in general is lacking um, and so a lot of that a lot of those responses were really telling because um, a lot of them are like diversity or inclusion and lack thereof or um, food insecurity or um, you know inaccessibility because it's all stairs so and so it's a difficult building um, and yeah and we took that and that's kind of what shaped that fellowship um, so what came out of that was uh, a curated exhibition at the Abyssinian Meeting House in Portland um, and so that is the third oldest African-American meeting house in the country um, wow. it's one of the few that's still standing even though it almost well it did catch on fire like a couple times but it's still standing um, so you know there's like this air of like resilience and perseverance that like you enter the space and it just like you feel it you know it's so palpable um, and so we partnered with them and made or facilitated an exhibition called reflections of the human spirit um, where we put out a call to artists of all different you know media um, of all different like maturity of their like within their career um, and held an exhibition with like 23 up to 23 artists and it was it was amazing and it was like one of the few times that the Abyssinian had like opened their doors for so long and then like invited the public in and it was it was received so well and we had so much fun and there was a live band and we had performance work um, and yeah that kind of really like set the tone um, for the future and so that's kind of the, the realm that I've been working in um, in collaboration I mean I continue to collaborate with Alejandro quite often as well as partnering institutions um, yeah, so trying to, you know, work off of a framework of representation, diversity, inclusivity, and equity um, is something that I bring with me to every project that I work on. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the start and also the future um, for where they're going and where I have been. But, yeah. yeah. So besides setting up that amazing event, um, what was some of your artistic contributions for that? Were, were, you, were you one of the artists who presented there? Um, <laughs> you know, funny enough, everybody, like when people would come and they're like, oh, like you curated, where's your work? And I was like, this exhibition is my work right now. <laughs> I was like, you're in it, this is it. Um, just because I, there was just so much going on at that period, like at that period of time that I could not also pull off making a new piece for a show. Um, and so I really just poured the kind of, poured myself into, you know, the work of organizing and bringing people together and executing that creative vision um, to, you know, my utmost capacity. And, and it worked out, but I'm trying to be better about it now. Um, and trying to like alleviate some some things and, and delegate but um but yeah and i think like my practice has definitely taken a more community-centered role like at least my art practice has um so all of the projects that i'm working on right now uh are all in the community so um that has been a really exciting 
exciting shift for me um, and taking it out of like a gallery or like a white walled institution and really putting your work out um, out for the world to see and not just for the select few that happen to wander in um, and that that's been really like exciting for me and like very cool to see so. yeah um, speaking of delegating what has been the easiest thing to delegate <laughs> the hardest thing to get, uh, delegate? <laughs> the hardest thing? I am such a control freak, I can't even lie. Um, I don't know. Well, little things. Like, I, I'm so used to being, like, play, like putting on every hat in a, in a role or, like, in organizing. And so it's, like, not only am I, like, organizing food or like putting together the artists or, you know, being there for install and installing the work and, you know, doing media and marketing and being on top of that stuff. But I'm also like making the posters, like doing all of the graphic design um, and like, you know, facil like doing like the writing um, and all of that stuff. So I think that like I am better at delegating those things to other people now. Um, and like, you know, really, really focusing on like what, where is my energy most needed? Um, and if I don't have to design a poster, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> um, and if I, you know, if I don't have to be the person installing the work right now, I'm okay with that. I'll still be there. But if I'm not hammering, I'm not upset. Um, so yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> So less physical labor for sure you're like okay i can yeah. i can pass that on yeah or just like you know little things that i'm like this would be or if i see something or like a part of a project where i know that that's somebody else's strong suit and that may not be mine i'm like okay well this is a perfect opportunity for you to do something or for you to like play a part in something um and so that's been something that i i'm actually really excited about um and like with you know, working with other people and working with other institutions. It's been really nice, like, having people there who, like, offer more um, and who can offer more has been really nice because I don't feel like I have to do everything or it's not just on me and, like, my collaborator, you know? Um, and so it's really, like, on my partnering institution to be like, oh, you're also, like, filling in, um, filling in a lot. So that's been awesome. I love that. <laughs> So, have you taken any of your sculpture outside of the white walls? Um, you know, I think that's my next step. Because I got my degree in sculpture, but I have a really large background in printmaking. And so, with my public projects, um, and I mean, my sculpture degree informs everything I do. It's been it, like even just like thinking about doing an installation outside like I'm using all of the skills and like knowledge that I you know that I learned and, and that I that I know but the work right now is more print based um, because that's something that's just a little bit more accessible to me right now because I don't have a studio um, and so I've been working out of like either shared studio spaces or my living room so I'm not necessarily able to like fabricate the way that I normally would or that I would like to 
Um, but I think with time, that'll, that'll come. Um, and that's definitely something that I'm interested in. And I would love to see, like, you know, something small that I have or, like, a basket piece that I've made, like, scaled up, like, monumentally and then send it to a fabricator <laughs> and they do it for me. And then I just get to see it when it's done. Um, <laughs> that would be cool. But I'm, I'm not quite there yet, but I hope to get there soon. Awesome. Tell me more about the basket process. Cause that is that sculpture? Yeah, I mean, I consider it sculpture. There's like this like weird debate between fine art and craft. And like there's like the craft technique of basketry and of, you know, fiber manipulation and textiles. And that's what that's I love that. Um, and so where that kind of where I meld the two together between fine art and craft is like taking craft technique um, and like fiber techniques and something incredibly meticulous and has its own long history of like craft and, and you know, this idea of women's work um, and mending and tending fabrics into a more sculptural installation and into the fine art you know, pulling it out of that context and really like subverting it and making it into something that is like broadens that conversation, you know, um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm really interested in. So a lot of like mixed media baskets. I mean, there are some that are wicker and like reed, um, and are like more traditionally woven. Like I do a lot of studies, um, to make sure that I have like the technique down and then I take that technique and I like alter it or I like remix it into something else different or I just like kind of throw it out the window um, and make a form that I'm that I'm excited about because um, I think there's something really exciting about like a perfectly perfectly crafted traditional object but I also love to see those techniques like embedded into something that's like so untraditional and so weird <laughs> for lack of a better word um, so that's, yeah, that's what excites me. I feel like a lot of your shapes are futuristic. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely, I consider myself to be a maker for the future, you know? Um, and I react to what I see now and like what I engage with now, but I always think about like my audience um, and what they look like. And I try to like embed you know, like, what would the world look like in, in like, 3030 or something, or, like, what would that be like, and what, I don't know, I just, I guess that's what I think about. Um, anything about, like, disassembling identity and reassembling it in a different way, um, and so, like, forms and basketry and sculpture, um, those are all just different ways for me to, like, disintegrate like the human body and, and like the form and identity and to really like allow it to shape itself and to like build itself in an object or like even in a print um, or in like a welded thing um, and kind of whatever way makes sense and sometimes it doesn't make sense at the moment but then I look you know, future me looks at it and is like, oh, that's what, that's what this is. And that's what you were doing and thinking about. Um, and so I always, I'm really excited for those moments of discovery within old work and within new year. New 
work speaking of discovery and old work how did you what brought you to Maine um, I moved here because I, I don't know I followed my intuition on that one um, I graduated from Maine College of Art actually this past spring and so I don't know I think um, well how that happened was that I went to um, an arts high school for the path for like the, all those four years I went to two different ones and when I was a senior in high school, it was mandatory to part or to you know partake in a portfolio day, and so Mecca actually had a representative there. And I like looked at the school, and I had like vague memories of Maine, and like my grandmother lived here for like a couple years um, and taught at U of or U of Maine, um, Bangor. I believe and so she was a professor there and so I kind of knew Maine but I had never been um, and for whatever reason it sounded like my brain was like that's the one and like something about all of it the whole package it was just like this um, and I applied to this school and like a couple others and uh, once I got the approval from Mecca, I was like, yep, that's um, nothing else matters. Um, <laughs> and it was a huge thing for my family. You know, I'm from the Midwest and we don't really have a lot of family on the East Coast, especially New England. Like that's never been a destination for us ever. <laughs> so my dad was like, what are you doing? Like it's genuinely really, um, really, really worried really worried for me and like was just like why <laughs> why Maine and I don't know I mean it's the same thing something about it just felt really right um, and I hated it here for about a year like a solid solid year it was such a culture culture shock um, being from like you know living in the middle of like an urban city and like being very used to seeing all sorts of people all the time um, and like having access to them and like having my own networks to like having none and like having to start over in a lot of different ways and you know often walking into a room and being the only person of color was so different um, and there really weren't any like support options or like methods of supports in place um, at all, especially when I first moved here, and so that really frustrated me. Um, and you know, when I got, I mean, I went to my freshman year was in 2016, and that's the that is the year that Trump got elected, and so it was just like a weird accumulation of just like unhappy. Um, and uh, and then I went home and because my parents obviously knew, they were like, yeah, you're miserable. And I was like, I know. And they were like, well, you can move back. Like, it's fine. Like, they were like, oh, please come back. My dad was like, why did you ever go in the first place? Um, and then I went back home for the summer and I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. And then I was home for like two months. But I, it was like, I had changed and grown so exponentially in that one year that being home didn't feel right either. Um, because I was like, wow, this isn't, like, it's home, but it's not, like, I just, it just felt like I couldn't be there. Like, I couldn't, if I, I knew that if I moved back, that I, it would just, that would just be it. 
you know. Um, and so I kind of came to like, and it was honestly born out of like a lot of stubbornness. Because um, I was like, you know what, I'm not going to allow anybody to push me out of the space that I chose to be in and that I moved across the country for and that like, for whatever reason, I, I want. Um, and so I went back. And now I'm here. And, um, you know, having to put those, those systems of support into place for myself uh, was a really hard lesson to learn, but also a really valuable one. Um, but it's also led me to meet some really incredible people um, who I'm so, so glad that I have. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy. I think it, I know I made the right decision. Do you see yourself staying in Maine for until further notice? Uh, you know, there is a pandemic, so. <laughs> <laughs> so people are moving. People are moving to Maine, actually. Yeah, I've, I've seen, I've had, you know, some of my friends have been moving, either like moving in of, into Maine or out of Maine. Um, you know, I have friends moving all around the country, so it's, it's weird, but also like, you know, I, I still don't think, well, how do I say this? It's like, I know that there's still more work to be done. Um, and I, with all of like my projects that I've been able to like, you know, facilitate, um, and the energy that I've been able to like generate. And, um, that's really exciting to me. And I feel like there's still more things for me to do. And I don't feel ready to leave yet. Um, and like, I don't know when, but I know I'll hit a moment where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Um, and I've done what I can and what I'm like willing to do, but I haven't, I haven't hit that yet. And I don't really expect to because now I'm graduated and there's like a whole other world to me of like real life outside of an institution. Um, and this is a really like safe space for me to, to like experiment. Um, and just like do whatever I want and live that way. So I am happy for that prospect. Otherwise, my other option is like moving back home. I'm still not ready for that. So, <laughs> so yeah. Home changes as you have left it and you realize you are your home. So wherever you are, you should be able to get comfortable. Yeah. But... And it's not that I'm not, like I love being home so much, but I think it's the fact that I'm so comfortable that that kind of freaks me out. Cause I'm like, oh, I could just like, you know, hang out all the time. And like, that would be super nice. Um, and like, I get to spend time with my family and like my dog is there. And so like, it's so it's great and I love it. I'm like, I love being with my family and I love being able to spend time with them. Um, but it's also like, at, at a certain point, I just get really restless and I'm just like, okay, this is like not, it's like a vacation at this point, you know? Um, and I get antsy to return back to like the life that I had built for myself and not the life that was provided for me. Um, and I love both. So, um, you're working on a mural. Can you go into more detail about that? Yeah. Um, so I am collaborating with 
a local artist and designer who's actually also a Mecca alum, um, Rachel Gloria. And um, she, it's just, it's been so great. Um, we have had so much fun. Uh, so the building that the mural is on is the 754 Congress Street building. So it's like that old Gulf gas station um, across the street from the Francis. And so the Francis bought the building um, and they were like, well, this can't just sit here looking sad. Um, and, you know, with the social and political world that we live in, they were like, how can we, you know, make this an opportunity for artists here in Portland to really use their voice? Um, and how can we support that? And so the Francis commissioned um, Ryan Adams, who is rich. Yeah, Rachel's husband and Daniel Minter, uh, Indigo Arts Alliance and TTD Baccarat to do an installation at the building. And so they did like the front facing side um, and we painted the whole building black and um, kind of just like, you know, created this like brand new canvas and they did the front and then Daniel, actually no, sorry, TT did the like the sign that sits in front of it that like used to have like the gas prices um now has like a, a kneeling figure kind of like looped into that into that space and it just like stands above you and it's so so great it's such a great visual like entering congress street i am like obsessed with it and so then um what we were realizing is that we were like okay so there's one like there's like this like great kind of like energy happening here and they were like, well, we need to cover the other side. Like, it's just like a blank wall and people are just gonna like do what they will. Cause it's like a brand new canvas for somebody. So like someone has to do something. And I have a project that I am working on. I call it like a wheat pasting takeover of Portland. And so I have these prints that I made um, of different, of different individuals of different I should say different black individuals who have had their lives cut short due to racially motivated violence um, and so this was following you know the death of George Floyd because I was at home in Minneapolis at that time um, and so I like you know seeing like the neighborhood go from COVID shutdown to social uprising and the span of a three days uh was quite true like it, it was definitely insane and so but also like you know seeing that global like solidarity in that moment was so amazing and like seeing all of that energy and like the way that you know people really banded together and um like the health and safety concerns in the protests and like the way that people were just like disregarding everything else and standing up for what was right was so cool and also there's just like a lot of public art pouring out of people at that time and not even prompted or legal or um or anything but it was just like an honest response to what was going on um, and so in line with that, I created um, a cyanotype series that had George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey. Um, and so they're these like blue cyanotypes that I... What's a cyanotype? So a cyanotype is a photosensitive 
like liquid um and you so they were originally made to make blueprints because you basically like put down this fluid or like this like ink stuff and then you set like a negative or like a lot like lines they're also made to use for plants um and like to uh they were like the, one of the original photographs and um so you set like plant matter down or like a blueprint or like an architectural drawing or something set that down and then you expose it to the sun um and then whatever is blocked by the light like it transfers and it exposes similar to like a photograph like if you were to put it in like a developing liquid um, or like a developer um, so like whatever is blocked by the sun is what gets exposed so it like creates that negative image of the positive um, and so they were created that way and I had printed like images of their faces that were seen in the media or, like spread in the media um, and inverted them so that they would expose the positive so it's like their shadows and, and um, their highlights and also placed like plants and like a circular like ovular um you know vinaigrette around them how can people reach you what's the plug um so you can follow me on instagram at ashley page stu- dot period studio um, or my website at ashleypagestudio.com. Um, those are the best ways to reach me and stay updated on what I've been working on. Thank you for listening to In the Pocket with your host, Flo Edwards, and our guest, Ashley Page. You are listening to WMPG 90.9 Southern Maine Community Radio.